the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm joined by Dean Pete Peterson, who helms the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Good morning, Dean Peterson. Welcome. How are things at Pepperdine University this morning? Pretty dark out here, Hugh, but uh, greetings from Malibu, California. Greeting. Now, the good news that will make the sun come up even brighter is that Pfizer has announced they've got a vaccine yeah. for COVID that is 90% effective. They're going to go get emergency youth authorization from the FDA. If you had advice for President Trump, uh, would you agree with me that it ought to be get that, make that your legacy for the next 70 days, get that vaccine out, get the military to distribute it, make sure it is an Operation Warp Speed win? I totally agree, Hugh. This needs to be the legacy. Obviously, as you've been discussing, the the legal cases and the court cases around the different states and the recounts, those things are proceeding but the focus and where Trump needs to be, and I've seen him on tr- Twitter this morning indicating this, is the focus needs to be on not only the delivery of the vaccine, but this Operation Warp Speed, the the mobilization of both a, a public-private partnership that moved along with both government and industry, in this case the pharmaceutical industry, to get us to what looks like an incredible outcome in a very short amount of time. Yeah, props to the scientists, obviously, props to Pfizer, and there are other vaccines coming. But the reforms at the FDA, the reforms of Operation Warp Speed, if he stops the virus, which has killed a million people, if that is, in fact, the reason we are here, that will matter as much as the Abraham Accords, as much as the Supreme Court. And it is a Trump win. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people on the right who say Pfizer held back the results, blah, blah, blah. But what matters is the health, right? That's what matters. Absolutely, Hugh. And again, this this is something sometimes we've been in the midst of this whirlwind for so long, we forget what life was like pre-COVID. But this really does need to be the focus. So many ways of our life have been upended. So many of our freedoms have been upended by this pandemic that the focus and the and the prospects for returning to normal life, if you will, really does need to be where all the energy needs to be directed. Now, the, the president can be a cheerleader for this. He can identify with this. He can make it his legacy or he can be bitter that it came a week too late to help the election. I believe you know, the recounts are going to go on. The counts are going to go on. Legal challenges are going to go He ought to embrace legacy, not look back. Yeah, I totally agree, Hugh. I mean, this the, the legacy moment here really needs to be embraced, as well as just the, what has happened over the last four years. I heard uh, the, the historian Newt Gingrich the other day said, this is, Trump is a man of history. This, this has been a historic uh, a historic figure that we've seen 
in our presidency over the last four years. Many, many things have been done. History books are going to be written for centuries about these last four years. Uh, and to if it if it appears in this way that if we're ending the presidency on this note, what what better way than to focus on the healing, uh, the literal healing of a nation? Now, Pete Peterson, you've done a lot of thinking about government. I have been uh, a member of a the, the, for 17 years, a public health commission in Orange County. I'm back in Virginia now. But I believe the, the key to this is not only the American military delivering it, the production by Pfizer and the delivery, but the distribution. That will be best accomplished by county health officers. And right. you know that they have the ability to, with in conjunction with the sheriff and the local board or parish council, to put into effect the same sort of thing we saw when the sock vaccine was delivered in the 50s. Uh, do you think the California county, I mean, we cannot give this to state government. We cannot let federal bureaucrats, we got to let the county governments do this. As, a, as the dean of the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, do you agree with that? I agree. Uh, government, which works best, works most locally. Um, I would say that the, the counties need to be ready for this. Obviously, they've been very operational, particularly out here in California, with uh, regulations around COVID. We live here in Los Angeles County. Our life is basically governed by the Los, Los Angeles County Department of Health. If you lived 50 miles to the north here uh, in a different county, you'd have a different way of life. Uh, so the regulatory apparatus, as far as the counties, has been well established and well understood by American citizens. Now they need to operationalize. And that is a different that is a different set of procedures to go from regulation to delivery. Uh, but I agree that the counties need to be the focus of where those those decisions happen. Now, I immediately think of the practical uh, consequences here and, and, and the military will be very good at this. But, for example, the Nixon Library ran a series of blood drives throughout this entire period of shutdown. The East Room there can be a vaccination center. What the counties have to do, I think, and I turn to you, Dean Peter, is to credential and determine where the vaccination centers will be and to begin immediately on every radio and television station, on every public announcement to say, here is where you're going to go as soon as the vaccine is available. You've got to get everyone to go and you've got to persuade people to get out because a vaccine is only as effective as the number of people who get it. That's true, you. but the initial step needs to be a prioritization, right? And this is really where public policy uh, comes to the fore and a mixture of ethics also needs to be woven into these decisions. Uh, obviously, we need to get out as much vaccine as possible if we're to understand that the results are what they are from the Pfizer vaccine. But starting with first responders, making decisions around whether the elderly get it first or not, this, this kind of first stage, if you will, of the delivery of the vaccine and who gets it and how we get it to them most effectively and efficiently, these are real public policy decisions. These are uh, the president and Mike Pence's decision as the chairman of the task force. But assume from a just think out loud. You just said the key thing. Who gets it first? And it's doctors and medical staff and it's the elderly. Uh, they are the most vulnerable people. And so you get they get the, the purple band. They get the winning band. Right. Call, call right. it, you know, the, the, the red pink, the red band that says <laughs> right away. And yeah. they go to the center that is established and they get right to the front of the line. Or you send it. Every county will know every senior facility, right? Yep. 
Right. No, that's right. I mean, the, the again, the importance of getting this down to the most local level and having those decisions made, the advantage there is lo- local health authorities know exactly where the, the so-called hotspots are or however we designate this by color bands. They're going to know where the where the vaccine needs to go to first. And they've got to. I mean, politics has to be dropped aside. Then it's got to go abroad, Pete. And just think out loud. How would you do that? The world will clamor for this, right? And we will have the production facility. How do you do it? Well, again, I, you're going to have to work through uh, the international organizations, the, the the national contacts that we have in various health departments. Obviously, we have our own system here in the United States, but if you go abroad, they tend to be much more nationalized or federalized. We have a very unique system here in the United States that really does operate through a number of uh, local municipalities. When you start to go abroad, you're looking at much more federalized and nationalized systems. But that being said, uh, and, and back to the Trump legacy, what another amazing salute to the American system, really. If this, if this vaccine is what it is, the fact that the, this pandemic came from abroad, but America is responding through its innovation and, again, a combination of public-private partnerships, government working with, with industry to heal not only the nation, but the world. You know, I can imagine that Secretary of State Pompeo and National Security Advisor O'Brien, along with the president and the vice president, will field hundreds of phone calls of desperate people. And they're going to have to figure out who gets it first. I mean, they can license the formula, and I'm sure Pfizer will do that. But that's all got to run through Donald Trump. I mean, it's, it's not a Joe Biden issue. It's not a transition team issue. It's a Donald Trump issue. And... I think he probably has, and in Mark Meadows, he certainly has someone who will be inclined to put aside politics and do the the best by everyone immediately. Yeah, I think that's right, Hugh. I mean, if there was ever a set of policy decisions where politics, personal relationships, or otherwise really needed to be removed, it's it's the set of ones that are coming now to the White House, and so. Uh, and again, this also strikes to legacy. I mean, we're, we're going to be talking not only about the vaccine and how it was developed and, uh, you know, this engagement with government and the, the dropping of regulations to make this happen. But now we're moving on to the delivery phase. And that's going to be another set of not only decisions, but discussions that are going to be debated for months and years to come. And so the focus on efficiency, effectiveness, and getting this out uh, as widespread and as quickly as we can really needs to be the total and complete focus. Yeah, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives depend upon decisions made in the next week or so in consultation with the executive branch and the foreign governments around the world. It's a, it's an inter- it, it, The books will be written about the next 60 days, Pete Peterson. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Hugh. I mean, the the this administration began in history and it will end with historic decisions. And so uh, I think very fitting of what we've experienced uh, these last four years. Uh, it I agree with you that legacy uh, and healing, literal and figurative, need to be the focus of these next few months. Uh, Pete Peterson, dean of the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. 
It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. For more than a quarter century, Thomas Ricks covered the U.S. military, first for the Wall Street Journal, then for the Washington Post. He's now directed his talents on to the framers who shaped the Constitution of this country and what shaped them in turn. In his book, First Principles, Ricks provides us with the reading list that we'd have to undertake to get close to the framers' worldview. He's not squeamish about their collective blindness to the evils of slavery. He does dive deep into their education. Ricks reminds us that the original patriots worked with what they had, compromised when they were obliged to, accepted defeats and moved on. They celebrated victories but with an understanding that they were always transient. This entire election cycle has certainly reminded us that we are today a divided nation. Yes, we've seen violence, but nothing near the levels of 1966 to 68. But we are a free people, and we'll remain that next year in 10 years and 100 more after that if we just trust the guide that nature and nature's God gave us. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.